Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Okay, this is episode four of She Slays the Day podcast. You guys, I take it back. In episode one, I said, this is going to suck. I don't think it's going to suck. Uh, I don't know. Now I now that I said that, I freaking jinxed it. But I really think that um, you guys are, you ladies are amazing. I guess I shouldn't discriminate, guys and girls listening. Uh, you've really, really leaned into this. And it's been awesome. The questions we're getting, the feedback we're getting, it's so cool. Uh, so today is my favorite one we've recorded so far. Okay, we've only recorded like six or seven. So, you know, this is not saying a ton, but it's really, really good. I swear. Um, It's with one of my besties. So I talk, um, I've talked about on social media, the importance of having like your inner five people that you turn to. And she is totally one of the inner five people that I will call in crisis mode. Um, Like, is this the right thing? And it's funny because the last time I did it last week, I actually said like, okay, so uh, before you give me advice, let me preface this by saying I've already done it. I just need your help figuring out how to move forward. Uh, Because the first couple times I would reach out to her, she'd be like, "Ooh, I don't know that that's a good idea. And I'd be like, it's too late. I already did it. Help me get out. Okay. So um, Christy Wick, she's awesome. You're going to just get so much out of this conversation and back and forth with us. I I really love it. So before we start, uh, we are going to read a review. Um, This is from... Dre Jensen, DC. I like to think of her as Dr. Dre. Oh, maybe it's Dr. EJ. I don't know. Dr. Dre. That's who left the review. Dr. Lauren is real and raw and doesn't sugarcoat anything. She's clearly a very successful chiropractor. (laughs) I'm flipping my hair. Uh, Who has a heart to help other women chiropractors. I get excited for each next episode. Thank you. And she left us two stars. No, just kidding. It's five stars. We don't read the two star reviews. You guys crazy. Um, So keep those reviews coming in because they're fun to read and um, we like sharing them. Uh, And if you get something out of this episode, please screenshot it, share it on your social media, keep kind of the like campaign going, spread the awareness, uh, tag someone who you think would benefit from hearing this. And uh, yeah, 
here we go. Episode four. Okay, so we are going to open up in prayer just like we normally do. Again, this is the 30-second little, like, really more for me and for people listening. Uh, This ain't your thing. Fast forward 30 seconds. No problem. Uh, So, dear God, thank you so much for the wisdom that today's question, I am in process and working on myself, um, and that I needed help on today's question. And so this is a guest question. Uh, thanks for the people that you have brought into my life, like-minded women, um, drivers, like valued women to help with this, because this is so common in not just like chiropractic, but all throughout. And so thank you. Thank you. And be in the ears of everyone listening, uh, maybe for those driver or alpha personalities or whatever kind of labels we like to put on them. uh, Maybe they haven't had this question yet. And so like, it's kind of a mind blower. So like be with them, give them the path forward and like help them find like their next steps and their people to help them through. So, amen. So the original question is from Danielle and she said, dear Lauren, I'm in need of consistent motivation to keep pushing for more and not get complacent with what I've already accomplished. And so when I got this question initially, I was like, sweet, I got this. I'm going to drop some truth bombs on Danielle. It's going to be great. Um, And then like we normally do, or a lot of times we'll ask for a little more follow-up from the person. Uh, And so in the meantime, while I'm waiting for the follow-up, I reach out to Christy and uh, Christy Wick, who's our guest today. And I'm like, hey, I would love you to help me answer this question. I think it's going to be really easy. So then we have this like time scheduled and I get the more information. And so this is more information from Danielle. She goes, when I'm doing well enough, but my vision always is nudging me to strive for more, there can be a subtle internal struggle to be thankful for what I have and just coast because the thought of working towards something more is sometimes exhausting. How can I find a daily or weekly motivational reminder that enough is not going to cut it for me because deep down I know that if I'm not consistently improving, if I've become stagnant, I am no longer growing as a human being. And so, so when I got that little part, I was like, oh, hallelujah. Thank God that I have Christy on. Uh, so I'll introduce Dr. Christy and we will jump into this. So Dr. Christy Wick is legitimately one of my favorite female chiropractors um, in the world. And I don't say that lightly uh, because I legit have, I've told Christy this, I have five female Kairos who I surround myself with and ask. And like, these are my, these are my chicks. And so now like all of my female Cairo friends who are listening are like, wait, am I one of them? <laughs> yes, sure you are. Uh, but for real, Christy is one of them. Um, she owns the Illuminated Squad, which is a coaching program focused on personal practice and team growth, uh, theilluminatedsquad.com for more information on that and how perfect that she's here helping us answer this today. Um, As we talk, just a heads up, you're going to pick up that we're very close. I swear I don't uh, talk so candidly. I won't talk so candidly (laughs) to all future (laughs) interviewing people, Um, but we're, we talk regularly. So, Um, so yeah, so welcome, Chrissy. Thanks for being on the show. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited that I get to be first guest little, uh, you know, pop it off situation. Yeah, I was trying to think of a less cheesy way than like, thanks for coming on the show, but I legit couldn't. Like, I'm very thankful that you're here. Thank you for helping (laughs) us look out these kicks. 
So um, I'm happy to be here. So today's a doozy, um, especially if you're like a driver personality. I think men and women alike. Like I don't think this is a specific female question. Like no. Like I think. I'm, yeah. This is much more like uh, when I think of it, it's like oh, this is all of those labels that we've put on someone of like, they're a driver, they're an alpha, never settle, never be content. And then like you get into, I mean, usually it's like twenties, thirties. And then all of a sudden she calls it a subtle internal struggle. Uh, I kind of call it, you know, spirituality, God, universe kind of creeping in. And just like, you're just becoming more uh, spiritually mature and that, but it's confusing. It's really confusing. And it feels like that's kind of what she's going through. So, um, so where do you think these feelings come from? Like, what's your take on this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the first thing we have to ask ourselves, and I love that you're reaching back out and asking for more depth on a question because, you know, first for everyone listening, I think when you ask these really broad questions without diving a little deeper, it's hard to figure out where they're coming from. So it's definitely when Lauren does this and she's asking for more depth, listen to that on each episode because it gives you more of a perspective of where it's coming from. And there's some key words that Danielle used that I think are going to be really helpful in breaking this down for anyone else that's listening. So first she kind of describes it as very black and white. Like you are either striving and pushing for more or you are complacent and stagnant. Mm -hmm. And I just can't, I so far from the truth in, in life, but it can feel that way. Like there's so many people that can make it feel that way. So I think the first thing we have to really just dissect for her is striving for more and not being thankful for what you have. That's not synonymous. Like those are not like it's, it doesn't have to be one or the other. There's so much gray area in between, but the gray areas where people feel weird and icky and they just don't know how to navigate that gray area. So it's like, well, I'm either way over here on, on this side of the pendulum or I'm way over here on the side of the pendulum. Um, because even, you know, thinking about being thankful for what you have and coasting also not synonymous. So, you know, there's so many people that have a system or, you know, something in play that they're using for motivation to grow their business, to grow their life, whatever it is, but they still have massive daily gratitude practices and they still are super thankful for everything they have. And if you would ask them, I guarantee that they'd be like, if I didn't reach those goals, I still would know how to be super thankful for everything that's already happened in my life. So I think the first thing for Danielle and for anyone else that's that's listening and this is a common affliction, you have to ask yourself what about the gray area is uncomfortable for you. So why is it one or the other? And if the universe continues to throw up these red flags that striving for more is exhausting, the gray area might be uncomfortable because you don't know if the whole more that you're striving for is the right more. Like maybe you're not going towards something that's actually what you want. Maybe you are, you have a really specific thing in your brain of what you think your life should look like, or you're modeling it after something else that you've seen. And the universe is giving you fantastic signs to say, this is my, you know, this might be what you think you want, but is it really attached to a why or something deep? For you. And I think a lot of people get uncomfortable in the gray area because they haven't spent enough time really asking themselves what they want 
and what that's going to mean to them. And so they just feel like they need to kind of check some boxes or, you know, like she put strive for more because that's what you're supposed to do in life. Um, where, you know, that might not necessarily be as fulfilling as she would like it to be. So I think she just has to break down those sides and figure out what about being in the middle at times is uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, I know for me, like, damn, I'm so glad I had you on. Cause I'm like, Oh shit. Yes. That is totally. Um, so that gray area is exactly what, so I feel like my pendulum about a year and a half ago was like way over in this, like crushing goals, like taking names, just like, you know, accomplishing stuff. That's how I became what I am and blah, blah, blah. And then like the little guy inside started to like go, well, what does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? And I'm like, so then I kind of like pendulum, huge swing over here of like, now I want nothing and I'm going to give all of my money away and I remember somebody literally said, like, I don't know, maybe you're going to be like a Buddhist monk. And I like was like, maybe I will. I don't know. <laughs> and, and so then, you know, that was a, another pendulum swing, right? Like, so it was like, obviously, just God had given me certain driver and talents and things like that. And so he didn't want me to be over there either. And that wasn't natural for me. So then it kind of like swung into this gray area which is so freaking uncomfortable because I don't know what to do. Like when I feel like with the ditch on each side of the roads or the pendulum on each side, there's like, when you have an extreme, it's very almost like caricature of like, well, this is what that person would do. When it's like, when you have in your mind an idea of like what, you know, the Brenda Burchards and the, Tony Robbins and the Rachel Hollis's, you're like, what would they do? Well, they would get up at 5 a.m. and they would never stop. And like, we're just so like, and you, like you said, like, that's not actually probably what they do, but we create this caricature of a driver and successful person. And so it's easy to go there. But then on the other side, we've got this caricature of like Jesus or Buddha. And we're like, well, what would they do? Well, they wouldn't care about how much money they brought in and they wouldn't care about how many Instagram likes and in between it's like who are those examples and the big reason that you know I like what you said like these steps of these are the steps to figure out your gray area and why I think so many people don't do what you recommended is fear that when they actually stop to think about like is what I'm going for congruent with my vision or this or that, it almost freaks them out that they may have wasted some time or, you know, like people are just implicitly, implicitly, is that the word innately? Yeah. More innately afraid of change. And so mm-hmm. it's like, well, I don't, I don't want to stop and question my values and what I'm going for or whether that's actually good because shoot, what if I wasted the last four years and I'm afraid to to acknowledge like, oh shoot, maybe I've been driving towards the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And that's- yeah. I think that wasted time is so, like people are so afraid to be wrong is what you just, what I, what I just heard you say is they're afraid to be wrong, especially with their life, right? They're, they don't want to, you know, what if I have to admit to myself and to everyone else, everyone just sees that I, I said I wanted this thing. I drove really hard towards it. And now I look around and it's not at all what I wanted. 
And so they're, yeah, they're afraid of wasting that time, but I would just have them ask themselves like, what type of emotional um, depth are they wasting by not doing that? Like they're literally putting all of their aspirations and potential pivot moments that could be the best things of their lives in a box because they're worried about wasting time or they're worried about the world seeing or them admitting that they went down a wrong path. And that's just not the way life works. If you didn't go down wrong paths, you wouldn't be human. You, you know, it's just, there's no way to avoid walking down situations that eventually become not great for you, but that's how you learn. I mean, you know, it's, those are how you get the lessons in life that help you figure out what you do want. So I, I think the biggest thing is just, you don't have to waste a ton of time asking yourself these questions, but if it's a consistent pattern in your life where when you try to get motivated, you already feel exhausted before you even start, then you, you need to spend the time really scaling back and asking yourself what, where you want to go ultimately. Um, and you need to ask yourself how much time you spend on these two crazy ends of the spectrum, because as you were describing it so perfectly, I also just in my brain, I started writing down, like, it's crazy to me that the one end of the, end of the spectrum we describe with aggression, right? It's like crushing it, killing yep. it, ugh, hash it, right? Like, every, it's just like, ugh. and then the other end of the spectrum is this like flowery, like, I'm going to give it all, right? You said, I'm going to give it all away and I'm going to be booed, right? That life is not just those two extremes. And I think really the people that I admire and I follow along with the most that I think have maybe the best emotional intelligence to really get what they want out of life, they oscillate back and forth between so many shades of gray between those two layers every like minute, every hour, and they're using every piece of that spectrum in their day to make sure that they feel fulfilled. And they're, they're really in tune with what their mind is telling them, what their heart is telling them, their gut is telling them. And I think that's something that the more you start to recognize those extremes and realize that your, your body and your psyche is not designed to just be in, I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking about fight or flight, right? So your body is not designed to be at one extreme or the other. And if it, if you are consistently finding yourself in that, that way, then you need to reevaluate your stress level. You need to reevaluate your schedule and you need to reevaluate your vision. So, yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I think we also need to get rid of any possibility that you were ever on a wrong path, you know, like, um, this fear of like analyzing where you're at right now in life and how you're going to move forward. Um, that fear of like, but if I analyze it and I've been wrong, like that's to me, we just have to get rid of that, like wrong path, right path. Right. Cause that just has people stuck and feeling embarrassed, you know? So for instance, like we decided we're going to do a podcast. Right. And so two years from now, let's say I spend the next two years building it up. And I have fun during that time, but two years from now, it's not working for me anymore, or it's not fun, but I'm like, oh, but we have this many followers and how do I get myself to record? Like, I would hope that I would be able to look back on the last two years of like, you impacted people. That was like what I was being used to do at this time and like allow it to close with love and move on to that next step that God's got planned. So when I look at this question, I think we kind of have to tackle of like, 
like either a she is going down it's time for her to zag right if she's been zigging she is exhausted and like needs a little vision check and it's time for her to zag and go a different way and then after that we can kind of break down like no maybe when she goes through kind of like your checklist she is on the right course then kind of like that like knowing you're in alignment with your purpose and mission then how we do that so so let's start with like what how would you handle somebody who you, a, a woman you're talking to that they're on a path that is no longer working for them and you're kind of like as you're hearing her talk you're like mhm this doesn't seem in alignment with your vision and goals like what kind of process do you walk her through and like recommend for like pretty much just dropping the dead weight and saying bye thanks for serving me but no longer yeah i think the most important thing is she has to come up with that conclusion so one of the biggest things that I do on a regular basis, if I'm feeling exhausted or if I'm feeling like I'm not sure that I'm putting my energy into something that is going to be part of my big plan, I start to kind of do a system check. So I ask myself, because I, I look at my energy as this resource, right? Like it's, it's, a, it's a pie and there's only so many slices of the pie that can go around. And so I need to ask myself, with regard to those places, so with my physical health, with like my mental, emotional health, my relationships, my parenting, my career, if I do a systems check on each of those pieces of the, the pie, so to speak, how do I feel like I'm performing right now? And do I feel like each area is as congruent as possible with my ultimate um, balance and goal and, and whatnot. And if the answer is one area is super glaring and the motivational path that I think I need to go down is not aligned with that glaring, uh, discrepancy, then I have to reevaluate. And so as a, as a woman, if she, if, if it's to me as a coach, if it's very clear that she's going down a path that maybe isn't going to be aligned with her ultimate vision or her ultimate goals, I want her to do that systems check and maybe say like, Hey, right now my physical and emotional health are like, I would rate myself a two out of 10, but I also have this ultimate vision and goal that I want to, you know, quadruple my practice in the next year. She has to come to the realization that the timing may be off and she needs to actually use her energy and motivation to actually accommodate her health now so that she can still get to that ultimate vision. She's not sacrificing the vision but she's using the, using the motivation in a much more intelligent and energy conserving way so that she's going to be more fulfilled when she gets there. Because obviously, I mean, you've all heard this a million different ways, but if she gets, you know, she quadruples her practice a year from now, but her mental, physical, emotional health goes from a two out of 10 to a zero out of 10, like negative two, that's not going to be, feel very fulfilling. So I think from a, this is one of the things that I use to figure out if I I'm going in a direction that is congruent with my heart and every other part of my plan is just doing that systems check. And when you find yourself running into the ground and you know the whole exhaustion term that was used, you have to go back to this because in my opinion, your true calling, what you were placed on this earth to do should be energizing. And there's a big difference between exhausted and burnt out and just being tired because you are serving the way that you are put on this earth to serve. Mm -hmm. um, so I think doing that little systems check would be really helpful in this instance. And 
it's not a diversion. If you have to address one of these areas, it's actually creating the environment that will allow you to succeed without you feeling so tired every time you're thinking of it. Yeah. Yeah. And along with that, um, in that systems check, it's probably a good idea to do like a values check. Like you probably, I would imagine do a systems check weekly or monthly, right? Like much more often than, but like, I think you should be rechecking in with your values, like at least once a year, probably, because the reality is, is that if you wrote down and determined your values, say three years ago, a lot changes in three years, children happen, like spiritual growth happens, illnesses happen in family, like relationships. And like, there is so much change that can happen. And so, you know, from a place of like, maybe this isn't, this is a good time for you to zag in life and not keep going down this path if it's exhausting is maybe it's uh, not congruent with your values. And that's why it's so exhausting. And maybe when you started it, it was, and that's, and that's okay. Maybe it was the perfect timing when you started this thing. Um, but now it feels really heavy because like you said, your purpose should be energizing. And if it's feeling pretty heavy, there's likely something that is, uh, is draining instead of energizing. Um, so that, that's just what I thought on like values because they change, right? Like, oh my God, yeah. thank God they change. I had the same values as I did when I was 21. <laughs> like, <laughs> it would be, yeah. it would be very entertaining. I'm not going to lie. You'd be even more entertaining than you are now. <laughs> so I'm um, praying they change again too. I'm like, Oh Lord, help me when I'm 40. I hope <laughs> I keep growing. So, uh, no, that's what I, I couldn't agree with that more in the values that I, I think, again, that's just, this is one of those permission things. People don't give themselves enough permission to recheck, to check in with their values again and to change again, oh. go back to the, you know, the people are just, they think that they are one way and it is what it is. And that just couldn't be further from the truth. It, I mean, I would say my, um, key things that I'm striving for change on a quarterly basis for sure. Because if you are consuming enough content, you're learning, you're growing, you're surrounding yourself with people that are really intelligent and they're pushing you, then it's, you know, every few months you're thinking like, Oh, I thought that that was the right way to go about that piece of fulfillment in my life. But now this other thing is really potentially the the best way to get that well-rounded fulfillment. So you have to be, I love the zig and zag. I think that's the biggest thing is just people don't realize how much that needs to occur in order for you to really feel like you're well-rounded, wholehearted. Yeah. Um, so when you said permission to change, it made me think of, so my husband and I, Kirby, you, you have you met Kirby, Christy? No. Uh, <laughs> not my favorite friends. Like, yeah, I know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not many people's favorite friends. Like, so anyway, so we're doing this, uh, parenting class right now. And we had our first week and they were talking about, um, so, you know, four and seven-year-old and our seven-year-old, she, I noticed that over the last year, we've been kind of doing these really small, like putting on her things, like simple things like you love sushi. And she'll be like, "Mm, I don't. And we're like, yes, you do. What are you talking about? You love sushi. Um, We signed her up for a insect class this summer in like summer school. And she was not excited about it. And we're like, what are you talking about? You love bugs. You love bugs. 
And so then we go to this first class and one of the first things they kind of like break down is that our children will absolutely change. Like they, that is what we'll do. They will one day like quesadillas and then the next week they will hate them. And that is like, we look at it as like, you're lying. You ate that quesadilla. You loved it. It means you still love quesadillas. And it's like, no, they have changed. And as parents, we have to allow space for that to happen. But then we grow into adults and we're like, no, 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 you've used up all your change. You do not have permission to change. This is what society and your friends and family have labeled you as. So we give you permission to change, Danielle. Yeah, I love that. The whole acquired taste. You're telling me at some point I will like coffee? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I, I or, or wine? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I believe you, I guess. I believe your life would be better if you did. Keep trying. Um, <laughs> Okay, so then let's answer this aspect of like, maybe she does the systems check and she does the values check and like everything is green light. Yes, this is still congruent with where she wants to be going. Um, She has addressed that she's changed. All of that's taken into account. Like what kind of advice do we give her for like that one? That I think the biggest thing that she has to look at is she probably needs more help. So if- if realistically everything is a green light and I, I would, I would count this as probably the exception to the rule. Like I think this would happen less frequently with most people, but if it is, it's all green light. And she, this question still came about because she's feeling exhausted thinking about striving for this thing she really wants. Well, then she probably doesn't have enough help. And so she, then you need to look at what are you spending your time doing that you could potentially have someone else do and how, what percentage of your day of your week is spent on things that only you literally only you can do. Um, and that is probably the answer between exhaustion and motivation, because if she can grab some people to take some things off of her plate. So now she is freeing up some of that time and energy space to work on this thing that she's really excited about motivated towards and is really aligned with her vision. Now she can get some traction and it will feel hopefully energizing and fulfilling instead of draining because she's not worried about all these other things that she could have someone else help her do. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like, um, whenever I talk to someone about like, cause you know, people are like, Oh, I'm so, I, I want CEO time. Like, and this, I have to like, tell them like, just so you know, CE, when I have the beginning part of my day, which I call like the CEO time to run everything in life. It is not me sitting at a computer, like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to like, "Ah, and then I have to send that email. And then I have to make that call. Like the biggest thing that quote unquote CEO time has allowed me to do as a human being is to sit and be still and think. And sometimes that's going for a run and allowing, or sometimes it's reading a book. But it's allowing this time that is not so micromanaged of like, go, go, go for that fight or flight, even though you know it's just allowing to breathe and think and be creative. Because if this is a passion project and she's on the right space and it is her life's purpose, so the sole purpose, all what all those hashtags, um, then like God doesn't expect you to run around like a million miles an hour, like allow your brain to sit and like kind of stew on things um, and rest. So like you and I, we've talked about this when I was at your house a couple of weeks ago that we actually rest a little differently, but like 
I don't think enough people, I think, and more than likely Danielle feels this way just with her like black and white, is that rest is for weak. <laughs> like only, only weak people need to rest. Life is a marathon, like keep going. I hate that life is a marathon thing because it doesn't work for personalities that are like 100 mile an hour and stop type thing. So like, how do you incorporate rest into your life? Yeah. So what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, I was just saying, I'm, I'm a, an anomaly with this. I like to go really hard four days a week and then take three days a week to kind of scale it way, way, back, like way back. So it is not uncommon on Saturday and Sunday for you to find me looking ridiculous, like on my couch or in my yard and not going anywhere, like not leaving my house, not doing anything on the weekend, because I like to kind of cram as much as I can into Monday through Thursday, because I found out about myself. I like to have large chunks of meaningful time with my kids and my family. And it's funny, I was just talking about this on a coaching call this morning, where I think a lot of people think, well, they think they should, like they get home from their day and they need to have meaningful playtime with their kids before they get, they go to bed because that's what a fantastic parent should do. Um, and I'm just going to go on record. This is horrible. This is going to come back eventually one day and say like, I don't play with my kids on weeknights really much to be honest, because I get home at seven o'clock and then I eat and then it is time for me to like give them a bath and brush their teeth and then they go to bed. Mm -hmm. So I would much rather save like I literally look at it like I'm saving those pieces of the energy pie and I'm conserving them in and I'm putting them in my little family bank for Friday through Sunday so that I can actually create experiences that I'm going to enjoy that my kids are going to remember. And when I think I look back 20 years from now, they're not going to remember if I sat on the floor and played kitchen pancake with them for 20 minutes before they went to bed every Monday through Thursday, but they will remember if I was actually present Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we were in our yard and we were fishing and we were, you know, digging up worms and exploring our craziness that is our, our house or our cabin or whatever it is. So that's what I like to do, but that's just me. And I think everyone has a different version of rest and everyone needs to push themselves to figure that out. Because again, the whole societal thing, I mean, if I was doing the shoulds, I would work my 40 hours a week. And I would spread that out over five days and my weekends would be filled with, you know, chauffeuring kids to activities and like having family gatherings and having a social life, which I going to be completely honest, I could give two craps about that. Um, so it just, if I didn't get to a point in my life where I put the shoulds in a box and didn't care anymore, I wouldn't have figured out how to rest adequately. And this is how I do feel energized and how I do feel like I can move towards things. So yeah, I definitely think the rest is unique for each human. Well, I know for a fact uh, you have to protect that time on the weekend though, right? Like, because even though, and so this is my biggest, my biggest fear in life. No, one of my fears for Danielle is that, um, you know, she might be like a go a hundred miles an hour during the, the time that she's designated as like work time. But then even during the rest time, life sneaks in, you know, you get that email, you get that thing. And you're like, um, so how do you protect that time from, you know, being taken over? Yeah. My biggest thing is I like to work. I enjoy working. 
So if on the weekends, my kids are engaged in something, like let's say Joe has them doing something and they're fully engaged and like I choose to read a book that's going to help me from a work perspective, if that's an enjoyment part, that's actually going to fuel my rejuvenation because it's not just rest, right? Like I'm not just like, it's not just lazy, but then if it's going to fuel my rejuvenation, then that's okay. That, that makes it through my, my doorman principle, if you will. So I think, um, the whole protection piece, again, it's more of a, what do I need right now? What do I need this weekend or on this time? Do I need to completely check out and like put my phone in a drawer and not, you know, engage with those things? Or did I not get as much of that brain fuel time during my Monday through Thursday, which is pretty common to be honest, then how do I make sure that I'm picking up a great book that I love once my kids go to bed? How do I make sure that I'm watching that webinar that I wanted to watch that people would categorize as work, but I like that. Like I don't have hobbies because I like this stuff. Like this is my hobby. And so I think that's another really strong misconception that a lot of people think, you know, if you, if you like that stuff, that's okay. And people think that it needs to be one way or another where like, okay, well you're in rest mode and you're in family mode. So that is not okay that you are watching your kids splash and play while you are reading a book for business. Like you should be watching their every move. And that's just, that's just, I just don't find that valid at all. So, um, so I'm protective in a way that is always, this sounds icky. It shouldn't sound icky, but it does, but it's always in what do I need? right then. What do I need to be the best version of myself? Going back to my systems check. Um, I think I'm the most congruent right now with each of those areas in my life that I've ever been in my entire 34 years of existence. And that's because I've finally gotten okay with saying everything has to go through the lens of what do I need? Right. Yeah. I love that. Um, and you know, kind of one of the last things that I want to make sure we get in on the idea of rest is that so often, so whether it's like a weekend or a seven day vacation, we as humans like to have this false perception of control that like, I am going to go to my cabin for the weekend and I will come back Monday rejuvenated from this shit storm that has been the last three months of my life or something like that. And, uh, that's cool. But a lot of times, um, I don't know. I'm just kind of coming out of a period where me as like a control freak was put into this time of like, your body needs to rest. You're, you just need to stop driving for a little bit. And I just wanted to like, keep asking God, like, okay, for how long? So for like one month, I mean, we talked about this. I was like, I think I'd be okay knowing he wants me to just sit and like grow and develop and be still if he, if I like had a timeline. So like, okay. So for like, for like a month, for like six months, for a year. Oh God, please don't tell me it's going to be more than a year. Um, and you know, it was about, I, when I look back, probably about 14 months of just like where I was being asked to rest. Um, and it was super uncomfortable for me because I wanted, I was like, all right, I'm ready. Put me back in coach. And there was just this, like, things weren't lining up and it was just like, no, no, you're going to chill. You're just going to stay there. You're not done resting yet. Um, somebody was telling me the other day, uh, they had read Joanna Gaines's book, the Magnolia story or something like that. And, um, she had a very successful little shop. And when she started having kids, like she, have you read the book or 
I'm probably going to butcher the story because I haven't, but like basically she felt that she, she needed to close her successful shop for a couple years. And, um, and then when she restarted, like the whole, <laughs> the whole fixer upper Magnolia mania really happened in like less than two years. So like that rest that like, I think three-ish years that she took off, she then came back and accomplished in less than two years, what somebody who wasn't listening to their body and like what the universe was telling them, she couldn't have accomplished that. Like I couldn't accomplish that in five years if I tried my ass off, but she was like listening to her body and what like life was telling her. She was obedient. She took that break and then came back with like vengeance. So yes, it's nice to like, make sure we put these boundaries around like the weekend or like how you replenish on a daily and weekly. But like, sometimes there are needs for serious rest, like rest that, you know, when, you know, I love saying this is something I say of like, God thinks that we need to rest so much that in seven days to create all of everything, he took a day to rest. Like God, the most powerful thing that we can even fathom took whatever one seventh is, I don't know, percentage to rest. And like, so we're like, okay, so yes, one day is rest. Like, well, no, okay. Like just to get super weird and creepy religious, but it's like, well, no, I don't actually believe it took six days. Right. Like when we're talking about like evolution and how all this stuff came, like we proportionally, that's like God saying like, and then I took about 10,000 years off, right? Like that seventh day isn't 24 hour cycle. So I just, it just, like we said, we give you permission to change Danielle, but we also give you permission to rest, not just on a daily basis. She wants like, what can I be doing daily and weekly? But like, if you're in alignment with your mission and your vision and your values, and all of this is still like, yes, green light. I love what Chrissy said, ask for help because the further along, you know, as something grows and evolves, it becomes more complicated. And the more need for you to like delegate is so important, but then also don't be afraid to take a rest, set this down for a couple weeks, a couple months, it may be a year and don't have fear that if it is right for you, it's going to be there for you to pick back up. And it absolutely could be, you could pick up with more momentum than you even left off. So. Well, well said. I agree. So Danielle, we hope that you don't hate us and that you love us. And that you got something out of this, a whole nother episode, why Lauren needs affirmation and love from people. Um, I'll have you back on for that one, Chrissy. Uh, thank you so, so much. And um, yeah. I will, I will be seeing you very soon in a couple of weeks. Danielle, write in and tell us uh, how we did. Give us some feedback. You know, um, if you kind of went through some of these exercises, how it helped, um, just so we can continue to be the best podcast for you guys right now. All right, ladies, until next week. Bye. Hey, she slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. 
The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. 